0: Hey, I'm at Arches National Park in Utah, just outside of Moab, Utah. Um, Biked over here this morning. I stayed in a campground um, just outside of Moab so that I could uh, get ready and get going early in the morning. Um, My travel partner, Ross, decided he wanted to do some mountain biking today, so uh, he's doing that. And he stayed in a rather remote campsite down um, Cane Creek Road and so we're, you know, we're out here and I must say I'm a little disappointed I'm actually waiting out a, uh, you know, a a downpour at the moment but uh, I must say I'm a little disappointed because these parks are so, at least this one it's so auto-oriented and it's just, the the access for bikes is just terrible and, uh, you know, I don't know I just talked to the rangers inside and they're saying, oh, you know I don't know if I'd bike on this road because it's really dangerous there's hairpin turns and climbs and, you know, cars aren't used to it and all this stuff and I'm like it's the only road, <laughs> you know. there's only one road that comes in here, so I don't know. But uh, it didn't help that I had the first first uh, road rage incident of the tour. Um, came into the park, you know. Came off the highway, and um, yeah, see lots of these pickup trucks, these big penis mobiles. We have to have the huge pickup truck, super loud and, and disgusting. Um, yeah, coming in the park, and there's a big line of cars. Probably you know, hundred cars lined up, maybe maybe less. And, I don't know, 50 to 100 cars lined up. And so, you know, I did what anybody on a bicycle would do, which is, you know, go down the middle. There was no shoulder. There was no construction. So I went down the middle, just slowly and carefully, and the car comes the other way. You pull over a little bit, no problem. And I had no problem. get to the, by the booth, where you're supposed to pay or show your pass. Um, and uh this idiot decided he wasn't going to let me in. And uh, he decided to show that by... Like not stopping. And they almost hit my bike. Didn't actually hit my bike. Um, but I yelled at him and I banged on his car. And he, of course, if you bang on his, his car, that's like basically you've committed murder in their eyes. So the uh, law enforcement called. The park ranger was, was there. And, you know, and she wouldn't. It, it took a. Oh, it was What a waste of a half an hour. But. Uh, and then it started downpouring. So maybe it was good that I'm here a half an hour. I don't know. But, uh, you know, she wouldn't. She wouldn't tell me that I shouldn't do that, go down the middle, but um, she's like, "Well, you know, in like Utah law, it's like I don't know if you're allowed to do that." And she was kind of, and then at the end, she's telling me how dangerous it is to ride in the park, and you know, she's a biker too, and she doesn't know what I'm going to do. But she gave me some information on uh, campgrounds outside the park on the way to Canyonlands, and um, and I got some information on uh, places to to go the ride. Um, I guess there's a bike path up the road outside the park which is um, nice. Um, It's on the way to Canyonlands, so I'll do that. So now I'm standing here outside the Visitor Center, just kind of killing some time here while this storm passes. It's quieted down significantly in the last five minutes. Um, But I have a map here. I I have a feeling that Canyonlands is going to be much better than Arches. I did get a recommendation to ride about 10 miles up to the Windows District of the park, um, where a lot of big arches are so i'm going to i guess this park is famous for uh arches which uh by arch it's, you know kind of natural made arches but um kind of what you think of as a as an arch i guess is a you know something with uh left side or right side a top and uh, space in between i don't know is that does everybody not know what an arch is i don't know um But yeah, I'm here, there's so many cars everywhere, I was a little disappointed that there isn't public transportation in some of these parks. Um, There's places like uh, Zion National Park and Grand Canyon, which have a pretty decent public transportation system, and I think even Bryce Canyon has a shuttle. So I'm looking forward to those, because those will allow me to hike in, you know, to to take the shuttle in and and go for a hike, and not have to uh, make the climbs on the roads and, and deal with all the car traffic. And that'll be better. Apparently, there's no shoulder in any of this park because of construction. And the highway is um, the campground is closed, which is all the way at the, at the top, all the way in, about 20 miles in. The campground is closed because of construction all year. Um, I just found out that out yesterday, so at least that's at least I kind of knew that coming in here. But uh, I think I was going to come up there and camp, and then um, and then go to Canyonlands the next day, camp there. Um, but I think that what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ride up a little bit, see a little bit, and then I'm going to go into, go down to Canyonlands and camp on the way on the road into Canyonlands, which is Highway 313. Apparently there's some BLM camping there for $10 more or less, and so I can camp there. And, uh, yeah, so that, I'm going to do that. And then I'll go to Canyonlands, uh, hopefully camp there, depending on the hiking. It sounds like there's pretty good hiking there and biking. So I'll do that. And then, uh, and then it's back into Moab for a rest day, and then getting back on the road with to Blanding, Utah, which is going to be the next big city, um, or no, next big town, I guess, it's not even really a big town, um, Monticello is on the way, which is probably a similar size, but those places will have services, it'll be as nice as Moab, um, I think, I've been to Moab for two days, I think Moab's okay, it's not... Um, you know, it's it's a town, so it's, you know, they got a bunch of services, and there's a lot of gear stores, and tons of bike shops, this is kind of an area where everybody bikes for recreation, I think I was talking about this in the, when I t- talked from Fruta, how, um, you know, everybody bikes in Colorado, pretty much, and, um, or, they're, you know, if they don't bike, then their friend bikes, and their brother bikes, and all that, you know, um, so everybody's pretty nice to bikers, in my experience, I haven't really had any issues on the roads, but the, um, but it's you know nobody really bikes for transportation. It's all it's it's, it's recreation. It's, it's a different kind of biking. It's, you know they load it up on their car and they'll drive you know hundreds of miles to go like places like Grand Junction and Fruta and Moab and they'll go you know to ride the trails outside. And there's also a lot of uh, auto touring as well. There's there's uh, you know you can rent jeeps and you know drive off roads like off highway vehicles and, and all that. i have seen a good number of motorcycles, which is cool um but yeah there's like and tons of rvs it's just like it's rv land you know it's like all these people they, they drive across the country you see the parks and you know mostly retired people um but yeah they there is a lot of people um yeah just just driving to go and bike or hike which is a little bit of a foreign concept to me and so i'm just i'm kind of learning kind of getting used to that um but yeah, we'll get out to, to Blanding, Utah. Landing is about 80 miles south and about 3,000 foot climb. It actually sounds like a lot, but when I thought about it, it's actually um, it's more of a gentle on average. It's more of a gentle slope than the uh, Breckenridge to go to the Frisco to Breckenridge climb, which is not too bad. And many people are familiar with that, but I mean that's a 10 mile climb um, or a uh, 500 foot climb in 10 miles. So if you kind of do the math, this is actually easier than that. It shouldn't be too bad. Um, but I think that you know Russ was itching to go ahead, uh, and I think that what I'm going to wind up doing is taking the bus. This is the last bus opportunity for a long time, um, I think, at all, uh, on our route. And I'm going to take the bus from Moab to Blanding, and that'll save me about two days of biking. So he's itching to go ahead; he can go, and I'll meet him. I'll meet him there on Friday or Saturday. Uh, today's Tuesday. Uh, depending on how now, if I don't spend the night here and I go straight to Canyonlands, I might be a little bit. I might take a little less time than I than I thought, but um, but yeah, I'll meet up in Blanding and then and then get get going, and from there we go out west across the uh, to Bullfrog, Utah, and take the ferry across the Colorado River, and, uh, and then across down the Burr Trail into Boulder, Utah, Route 12, go to Dixie National Forest, go to Zion, or excuse me, go to before those two you go to Bryce and then Dixon National Forest and then Zion um and then Grand Canyon and hike there um I've got to say the condition of the Colorado River is disgusting and it really just shows how the humans have just fucked up everything um which is again one of the reasons that I'm out here is trying to see things before they're all destroyed we just heard I just heard the news today that um there's been big news actually the past couple days here that um President Trump is, has ordered a review of national monuments. And two of them on the list are the Grand Staircase Escalante, which we're going to ride through where the Bird Trail is, and the Bears Ears National Monument, which we're going to go really close to, and I, I'd like to go to it as well. Um, but yeah, because he's looking to, to sell off the lands for drilling, because he's all about um, you know cor- corporations and profit. Um, it's basically fascism right here. It's so, you know, government for the corporations. And so, you know, this this stuff is real, and we gotta gotta get out there before it's before it's gone. And but back to the Colorado River, it's I mean the the we saw as we were riding through Colorado, the plateau, the uh, through over the mountains, of the town of Colbran, and that whole area there was um, you know lots of farms and you know cows, a lot of cows, and you know I mean they just felt so bad for them; they're looking miserable, and uh, you know, and obviously they're you know confining and. Killing them and using them in in such ways is is morally wrong, in my opinion. Um, And I I don't know, I think that's more of a fact than anything else. Um, You know, exploiting somebody's life and reproductive system just seems wrong. Um, But they, and so all the, you know, you have these these farms, and and these are not the massive factory farms. These are just your, you know, your quote-unquote family farm, you know, where they... Know, treat the animals all nicely, and you know, I don't know, pet them and whatever. And then they, you know, before they go out and slaughter them for no, for no reason. Um, and but all the, all the shit goes into the river. And if you look at the Colorado River, like I was looking here right in Moab, I mean, it's all brown. It's disgusting. And this is providing the drinking water for in the Los Angeles area. I and mean, it's disgusting. And so and if you think about it, I mean this is the desert, right? And you got you know, I often talk about LA being the desert and you know, how it's it's weird that they, you know, built whole cities and everything in the desert, but it's also that we're uh, you know, you have all this tourism and you have all these uh, things going on here in the desert and it's just it's just really destroying pretty much everything. I'm gonna have to pause here to get away from smokers. Of course, it's raining, so all these people have to, you know, got to, they go outside and smoke, or just not smoke at all. They have to stand under the few coverings that there are, and blow their smoke in my face. That's always nice. Um, but yeah, so we've, I mean, we've totally, you know, fucked up everything, I and mean, this is just a real, you know, it's really awful. I mean, I think about the all the other species that are here trying to trying to live and exist and survive, and um, you know, the desert only supports certain life forms you know there's there's very few plants that can thrive in the desert if i finally saw a real-life cactus the other day um, but a lot of it was dead and um you know there's there's snakes and lizards which are cool and um you know but there's not a lot of insects there are very few animals that can thrive in this kind of environment it's just hot it's generally very dry You've got some uh, I guess unseasonably wet weather right now. Um, still, still raining a little bit. I'm waiting out the rain still, uh, but it has dropped considerably in the past 10 minutes that I've been talking into my headphones to myself and getting weird looks. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful area. I mean, if you look at the mountains, the uh, mountains are quite gorgeous, and the uh, you know the canyons, the the, the rock formations that uh, go up very high and are, you know, just, I mean, it's all natural. Most Yeah, I think it's all natural. But uh, you can see all the, all the evidence of the rocks crumbling over thousands of years. But, uh, of course, you know, who knows how long this is going to continue to be as it is. I don't know. We'll see. I will uh, try to take a ride up into the park and I will let you know how that goes. And uh, you may hear from me then, and you may not You may not hear from me until Canyonlands. But uh, I hope this is of interest to you. And please contact me, feedback at criticaltransit.com, and hopefully I will get this out in the next couple of days. I would like to stop in Moab on the way back and get these last few podcasts uploaded. But uh, I think I said that last time and uh, still didn't get it uploaded until four months later, so I shouldn't promise that. This is Jeremy again. I'm here in the tent in Canyonlands National Park. I think I talked to you yesterday morning from Arches and I was a little down on the national parks and uh, I went about three miles in, uh, climbed this big steep switchbacks and went to uh, see a great view of the La Salle Mountains which still have snow on them like 12,000 feet in elevation and uh Got to see some, some marshes there, some, some nice, you know, more great scenery, and um, decided not to bike all the way down the road to the north side of the park because I would have to come back up, and I could not camp there because the campground was closed. So I uh, didn't stay all that long over there, and I knew rain was coming. So I uh, continued on towards Canyon um which was going to be separate day and uh, made it about 25 miles of that way Um, it was pretty much all uphill uh, very steep climb and I had the wind in my face the whole time it's amazing what a difference the wind makes when it's in your face and so I was going to get to the horse thief campground uh, BLM camping and uh, but I didn't make it I just wasn't going to make it I didn't feel like it so I just started looking for sites off the, the road, and I uh, eventually pulled off and pitched my tent in some uh, very soft soil. And, uh, yeah, it was fine until about five thirty six in the morning. I was going to get up, and I was like, no, nah, I'll get up in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, right, right about then it started to rain and then would downpour for about four hours. uh everything was wet. Um, my tent held up great um, only the rain fly and kind of the outer edges of the bottom of the main tent piece got wet, but uh, I didn't get wet inside the tent, and none of the stuff inside the tent got wet uh tent held up great. This is the uh, Alps mountaineering. Lynx One Tent, L-O-Y-N-X. Um, and I don't get paid by them, so don't uh, don't get any ideas there. I'm not saying it as an advertisement. I'm just trying to tell you what I have. Um, and it, uh, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. It's a little bit of a downsize for me because I was used to having such a big tent before. And so this is nice because it's compact. But uh, and now that I have gotten fewer and fewer things in my panniers, sent stuff back, giving stuff away, I think now I'm going to be able to fit the tent in one of the panniers, so uh, that leaves just the sleeping bag and the uh, air pad on top uh, once I send my backpack, I'm going to send my backpack ahead into uh, Bryce or Zion when I get back into Moab tomorrow so that I can uh, not be burdened by it while I'm, uh, while I'm getting over Towards there, well, I'm I'm not hiking, basically. I've just been strapping it on the back. Um, But it is cumbersome. Anyway, um, I rode from Arches up to about 10 miles short of Canyonlands National Park yesterday and camped. And then, so, yeah, I was all wet this morning. I was kind of miserable. I woke up and uh, even just, I didn't have my poncho in the, I had my rain jacket, which is uh, actually not waterproof anymore because it's kind of disintegrated. Over the years that I've had it. So I uh, had that. Uh, but just getting over to where my bike was. To get the poncho and the rain pants. Um, I got soaked. And of course I had one pannier in the little vestibule of the tent. Uh, outside the door but underneath the rain cover. And that bag held up just fine. Um, but the other one uh, got soaked. I guess the rain cover didn't, didn't did not hold up. Um, bed got soaked, got everything in it. I lost all my tea. A um, bunch of stuff got wet, and I was able to dry everything out later, so it was fine. But I, you know, I had to get up and get going. It was a little before 10 a.m., and the rain was not clearly not stopping. So I just uh, kept on moving. I, I mean, I had to, I had to get going. It was cold. It was difficult to get started. I had no uh, dry gloves. That was um, well, actually, I had, to, I did have one pair of dry gloves, but I couldn't wear them because it was raining. So, uh, but I got outside, I got going, and um you know, maybe twenty minutes after I started going, the rain stopped, so uh you know, would it have stopped at the same time if I was still in the tent at that time? Uh, who knows so uh, I started going and uh stopped a couple of times along the way when I got into canyon lands national park. it was by the way, it was more climbing the whole way um and uh, but not not anywhere near as bad a headwind as I had yesterday. Climbed all the way up to the top where Route 313 turns off to go to Dead Horse State Park, and uh, from that point uh, it was a steady cruise downhill, mostly downhill. Um, and so when I got to the visitor center. I hung all my stuff up to dry, and uh, yeah, so I kind of I sat I was there for about an hour just. With this picnic table that was covered um, under a canopy, and so it was mostly dry, and I, so I cooked some soup, and I've been using these instant soup uh, mixes that I found in the natural food store in Moab, uh, the co-op. They, apparently, it's like a instant. There's a split pea and there's a lentil soup. Um, you just, if the mix is ready to go, you just uh, boil water, uh, pour water in and let it sit about five minutes, and you're good to go, and they are pretty good. So I'm going to pick up more of them when I go back into Moab tomorrow. Um, but yeah, getting into Canyonlands, no, uh, no road rage issues this time. Um, this time I, I tried something different. I pulled up my bike on the right side, uh, across from the, from the uh, toll booth, and I uh, got off the bike. I had to go dig in my bag for my wallet, got my pass out, I have the parks pass, and uh, I uh, waited for an opportunity. Walked across the line of traffic, showed the pass, and uh, got a map, and walked back to my bike, and I was on the way. Um, so nice and uh, nice and easy, and no problems this time. I um, once I get into the park, there was uh, kind of a mixture of down and uphill. So um, did a couple of very brief hikes. I don't know if you can call them hikes. But I'm going to do a couple of uh, actual hikes tomorrow before I go. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do the uh, Schaefer Trail Road. It's uh, listed on Most Dangerous Roads website. So uh, I'm not sure about that. It's about a 1,400-foot drop, uh, a series of switchbacks to start. Uh, it's mostly dirt. Um, it's a little unclear, and it's going to be a good bit of climbing once I get along the way. So, um, what I do know is, if I go back the way I came, uh, I'll have to climb about the four miles up to that uh, junction with Dead Horse State Park. But then from there, it's all downhill the entire way, uh, except for a few, sh- a little short incline up uh, where I get back to one ninety one. Um, anyway, you probably don't care about all that. But I'm going to ride about 40 to 45 miles tomorrow, get into Moab, and uh, it's going to be mostly downhill, so it shouldn't be a problem. And then uh am going to get some stuff done there, some errands, and then I'm going to take a rest day. Uh, so t- so tomorrow, I say this, is right now is Wednesday night, so I'll get there Thursday afternoon, and then Friday I'm going to take a rest day, take care of laundry, and whatever things I need to do, and then... Um, Saturday, I'm going to take the bus out of there to Blanding, which is 80 miles south, about 3,000 feet higher in elevation. I'm going to meet Ross over there. Uh, he's been mountain biking, but he was in a rush to get going, and he didn't want to hang around Moab for very long. So he wasn't too interested in the parks. So he, uh, yeah, so he should be biking out uh, Thursday morning tomorrow to get out to Blanding. Should be about a two-day ride. Um, tonight here I got to I am uh, sharing a, a site in Canyonlands camping area with a, a Swiss touring couple. It's uh, in an RV. Um, I had heard the site, the campsites might be full, so I came down and uh, wanted to see what uh, try my luck, and uh, I found what I um, like. wound up. Reserving the same site as somebody else. Um, But they were very cool. um, And they um, had no problem. I saw the RV backing in, which I was kind of waiting for. I was waiting to see um, what happens. I kind of was playing dumb and, uh, you know, hoping for the best. Um, And they were cool. They were like, oh, yeah, you're on a bicycle. You have a tent. No big deal. Uh, We're sleeping in the RV. Who cares? Um, but I've done that at, um, other campsites too. Sometimes, uh, it's, uh, you know, when, when you get charged, you know, $30 for a tent site, it can be tempting to just go around to RVs and just ask, Hey, you mind if I pitch my tent behind your RV and I'll throw you a couple bucks. And, uh, it, it works most of the time. Um, that's always a good, uh, good idea. I tried to do that the other day. At the uh, campground that I stayed at in Moab, and uh, I got there and I I looked around. I you know one of the problems with this strategy is if you go ride around, you know you have to get there either early in the day or very late to do it, and uh, you know because everybody's out during the day, and so uh, I you know rode around. I didn't see anybody, and uh, you know no, nobody was with the tent sites, and um, I didn't even bother asking the RVs because there were so many tent sites. And, um, so I went there and I, you know, it was $30 for the night plus tax. So I so I paid the $30 and then I was on my way out of the office and I see this, uh, other touring cyclist and I was like, oh, did you pay? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I just paid. And I was like, oh, damn it. And we could share the site. But such so is the way it goes. Um, when I get back into Moab, I think I'm going to do a little bit of glamping. Um, yes, glamping is, uh, the name that. Uh, trail hikers tend to use for luxury camping, and uh, I guess I can refer to anything from uh, you know bringing uh, heavy you know comfort items like a chair or uh, you know I don't know a grill or something you know kind of ridiculous to carry in a backpack or uh, you know to car camping or just uh, you know just staying in a campground and you know paying for a facility like that, and with some services. You know, they usually have extra services, right? So you get the showers and, uh, you know, laundry if you needed. This particular place I stayed at the other day had a, had a hot tub, which I didn't get to take advantage of, because just as I was about to go into it, it uh, started pouring rain. So, um, yeah, not the kind of wet I was looking for. But I met uh, cool people over there, the people staying at the site next to me were... Uh, driving down to the Canyonlands Needles District, which is the south side of the park. I'm in the north side of the park right now, the Island in the Sky uh, Division. And uh, so they were driving down to Needles, and they were going to be spending uh, four days backcountry hiking. And they said that because there is no water out there, they're going to have to do um, two days and then go back to the the, uh, visitor center where they can refill water and then go another two days. Uh, that sounds like fun. So hopefully they are uh, enjoying that. Although they, there's a good chance they got soaked today because today would be their second day. So they are probably soaking wet. I don't know. I didn't get their info, so I don't know. But uh, maybe I'll see them on the road. One of the things I've been thinking about, which actually is, uh, I've, I've been telling people when they when they ask and they talk about, you know different bike tours is that, uh, when I was camping in Maine and Vermont and, uh, pretty much the other tours that I've done, you know, all, all in the, you know, northeast, east coast, uh, and then uh, a little bit in the Midwest, um, you know, there were not really many camping options for, for like legal camping. I mean, aside from warm showers, which, uh, requires a lot of time and effort and, you know, you're trying to do that in advance and you don't always know where you're going to be at the end of the day. Um, but there's, you know, there's state parks and there's the expensive campgrounds, you know, private campgrounds, and both of those are pretty expensive usually. And, you know, a lot of times it'd be $30 or more for just, uh, a tent. And when you're only one person, it's, uh, it's not really affordable to be doing that. So there was a lot of stealth camping that I did. You know, I would, uh, look for spaces that, uh, you know, go behind churches and, you know, various public property, Um, and, you know, a lot of things, you basically look for places that uh, look like you won't be getting in trouble for that, and you hope for the best. And a lot of times I've been uh, confronted about it, uh, been kicked out a couple times, and that's, you know, that's frustrating. It's because you're, um, yeah, you're camping for free generally because most of the time it works out, but also, you know, you never know when you're sleeping. You don't know if you're going to get woken up Oh, in the middle of the night, and, you know, forced to move, or, or worse, and, um, you know, that's why I like public properties because, you know, that generally meant that somebody wasn't coming at you with a shotgun, and you, you see, at least you didn't have to worry about that, although that, I don't think that ever happened to me, um, but a couple of times, I did get the, uh, you know, crazy guy rolling up in a pickup truck, what are you doing on my property, and then they would always let me stay, because, you know, once I told them what I was doing, I, like, apologized, and they're like, okay, no just one night okay no problem but anyway there's a lot of BLM campgrounds it's uh, BLM is the Bureau of Land Management which is a federal agency that uh, has a lot of land and uh, so there's a lot of camping on that land and um there's also um campsites that are managed by the state as well um and they're kind of all over and in this Moab area you're not supposed to camp outside of campgrounds in, in most corridors and uh so i you know exception last night i did that because uh i was just you know not going to make it to the next one but uh yeah generally you're supposed to camp in the campgrounds and that's to preserve the uh soil and uh the you know you, know, you stay on the road to preserve the um environments that are that are off the road and off the trail but uh it is and so it's you know in some ways it's it's a little weird you know going to certain places and i was thinking about the next stage of the tour when going from blanding out to the natural bridges national monument which is a campground and then um then out to uh, Bull, uh halls crossing and bullfrog with its campgrounds that's where the ferry is and then just thinking about the different campgrounds and making it from one to the next and it's you know it's sort of like the old school way that i used to tour when i you know before i was able to camp and then i would go from you know, place to place and, uh, camping, you know, having the tent and being able to camp opens up that possibility of camping anywhere. So you still can't, can camp anywhere, but it's nice to be able to go to these established campgrounds because you know that nobody's going to hassle you. And uh, they're usually pretty cheap in this case, which is, which is helpful, especially if you have a second person. Um, and as I mentioned before, you can often, uh, do what's called poaching, other people's campsites where you basically uh show up and you say, "Hey, would you guys be interested in sharing the site? You know, split the cost, and I'll just pitch my tent back there." Um stuff like that. But uh yeah, it's it's nice to have these established campgrounds that are actually affordable and uh, reasonable to use and uh, and available. Um and that's key as well. You know, when I get to Canyonlands, it's, you know, there's no space available. And So that doesn't really make it, that makes it very difficult to uh, bike tour because, you know, when you're touring around an RV, you know, maybe you know a day or two ahead uh, or at least it's easier to know a day or two ahead of time where you're going to be. But, you know, when you're on your bike, you don't know, especially when you're climbing up these mountains, you often don't know how far you're going to make it. And so it's very difficult and when they don't have, hiker-biker sites like in uh, California and Oregon, then, um, you know, it's difficult for uh, bikers to make it happen. But as I said, I recommend trying to poach the campsites because uh, the answer will almost always be yes, uh, especially when you do it with the RVers because they sleep in the RV so they don't even, you know, the tent doesn't even really bother them and um, especially if you're offering them money, you know, split the camp, the cost of the the campsite it's like well there's there's no um, there's no loss to them uh, tenting is a little harder you know when you're trying to share somebody's tent site because a lot of people just didn't want to be with people they don't know but some people will still do it anyway those are some thoughts on camping